Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Okay, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the, of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday Show. It's Scott and Adam, as usual. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Uh, another long weekend and plenty of goals uh, raining in, which also probably uh, describes the weather this weekend. Absolutely. And we were going to have James with us this weekend, but after his commentary earlier, we've decided he's to do back to what he does best, which I believe is um, answering messages, I believe. Is that right, Adam? Yeah, I think so. Uh you know, I said he had the call in the early game and, yeah, we don't want to overwork him too much. And he absolutely, he'll be answering all the messages that you feel like sending through to all any of our social media platforms. So that'll be him for the next 24 hours or so. We'll, we'll start, Adam, in terms of our more serious coverage with the game which we were at on Friday night out at the Gold Line to begin round number seven in the MPL men's competition. And it was a 4-0 win for Lions FC over the Brisbane Roar Academy. Two goals from Alex Fechner, one from Sean Carlton, a late goal from Andy Bengeli. Gave Lions the points in this one, and it was a pretty comfortable win, all told, for the Lions, wasn't it? Yeah, Lions are flying at the moment after their opening round disaster, and uh, yeah, five straight wins, and it's it's the Alex Fechner show at the moment. He, yeah, you know, scored scored another you know, brace, which uh, a couple of goals that you know were just superb from from him, and he for my, for mine, he's the best player in the league right now. Yeah, it feels like it's Alex Fechner's league at the moment. The rest of them are just playing. And that combination between those guys up front, it really is clicking. And again, you're right. the way he took that that first goal for him, which was the Lions' second goal in the game, that swift move in the transition, it was such a beautiful goal, wasn't it? The way that he took it capped off a really nice move. Yeah, it's, it's sort of um, something that you know, I, I said made a big bar point on the uh, on the midweek show about you know young younger players um, you know using their instincts and Alex Fechner pretty much proved my point sort of you know that that you know he he had a one place where that was going to go and he stuck with it and it was a, it was a well timed goal and um, and yeah like I said that and that's I guess that's what confidence does he's just absolutely um, he's absolutely flying at the moment. Absolutely. It's not often in his NPL career, Andy Pengelly will be considered the uh, the secondary option in the front. He's also still, by the way, despite he's got six goals for the season. So that combination up front now between them, Adam, I can tell you, between Fechner and Pengelly has 14 goals for the season between the two. Another couple from Slawsno as well. So that front third for Lions is really cooking. And it seems like it's, to me, it's as good as it's ever been, if not better. Yeah, yeah. And look, I think... Um... Yeah, as I said, despite their their opening weekend blip, that you know, like I said it's it's come together now, and uh, yeah, like they they look they look like genuine uh, title contenders. But I know it's probably six weeks, six fixtures in. Um, yeah, it maybe it's still premature and things can happen, but uh, at the moment they they're the ones that are seeing the pace at the moment. And this was this was a very very good win over a. Young raw side that had you know A League fringe players in it uh, in the form of Anton Milnarich and uh, Cyrus Demi. We'll get to the raw in just a moment. First, before we do that, we've spoken a lot in the last couple of weeks about Lions' attack. But do you want any other players in that um, Lions side in particular who are standing out for you? 
Uh, look, I think across, I think across the board. Obviously, the the, um, the Fords, the Fords are obviously going to be um, get all the plaudits. Also, that that midfield, as as well. That you know that uh, Joe, Joe Duckworth, you know Sean Carlos in particular, they they just running the show, and then then I think defensively as well. They they're they're seeing it up. And they're absolutely choking the life out teams in midfields, which is what is allowing. They're forward to sort of, you know, to get on a run. Also, Matt Rydenton as well, another player that I think that also as well that has been contributing in that midfield. So, they that I said the, the midfield normally is the catalyst for the forwards, and I think that that trio at the moment I think are also going along very well. So they are three more notable attacking minor midfielders as opposed to defensive ones. But the, the role defensively that the three of them are filling has been really impressive. But with the raw, you mentioned um, Anton Milner, he did play in this game. Cyrus Demi also played. In this game, got a lot of minutes on front. It remains to be seen what happens with them in regards to their game tomorrow against Melbourne Victory. But what do you make of those two individually and also Raw as a whole? Because it just didn't seem to click for anyone for the Raw on Friday night, did it? No, I just think they were stifled by a very, very good, um, by a very good Lions team. Is there's probably nothing you could say that you know that stood out as far as you know a a bad performance or whatnot. I just think they just met a very superior. A superior team, and even even you know extending, I guess the plaudits is that you know Hassan Ramazani, probably the most solid he's looked in defence, and he he really served you know his battle uh, with with uh, Thomas Waddingham especially was um, was one that really sort of you know stood out, and uh, Jackson Hart Phillips bombing down on the left side. I, I mentioned those two players, two former Raw Academy players last season who seem to have turned. Who now at Lions, and they really both had good games as well. So across the park, I think it's a case of Lions were just superior more than the, the Raw. So and the, the Raw sort of struggled more than anything else. So we've had a chat to Chris Crossman a few times on this show in the last few weeks. We left him alone on Friday night, given the nature of the result. But he's often spoken about looking for that consistency. And do you think it's a, another sign that that consistency is not quite there, or is this the the level that this new young world group need to get themselves to. Uh, look, I think with young players, sometimes is that if it doesn't go right, it's probably not the experience there to be able to, you know, do things to turn things around. You know, that that you know, that spark to sort of you know, change the game. And then, no, I think that's the key as well. I think for a lot of the bigger, the um, the the stronger sides in the league, I think they know that's the way to pacify the young raw. Is that that technically they're probably the probably the best team in the league. I think there's no question about that, Young Raw. But the way the way you stop them is really is to disrupt them playing the game. And and so I think it's a case of the, the top sides know that. So I think it's a case of they, they, they just got to find, just, it's just going to come with experience. Last season, they were able to to get around that in most regards. But then again, uh, they had they had a few sort of negative results against Against the bad teams, like they, uh, they have, they've never beaten potential power. And that potential power play that, play that way is that you know they're, they're a tough, tough team in defence to, to beat, and that's what, and that's what sort of stifles them. So I think if you don't allow the young raw to play the game, that the, the play the game their way, they are going to struggle, especially if they get behind. I think Logan did the exact same thing to them in round one this year as well. So it certainly, it's a bit of a blueprint that teams are, they are going up, going as a tactic against the Raw, and we'll see if they can find a way to break that down, because that's the next challenge for Chris Cross on his side. But after the game, we caught up with the head coach of Lions FC, Darren Sunsell, he had to say after his side had a 4-0 win over Brisbane Raw to start round seven in the NPL Queensland. 
I'm talking about the coach of Lions, Darren Simon. There are four nil winners here at home against Brisbane Roar Academy. Are you really happy with the result, first and foremost? Yes, we haven't beaten the Raw here <laughs> on the last three occasions, I, th- I think, if we go back. So uh, it was important that we, uh, especially with the playing group that we've got, that we uh, we got the three points tonight, and we did. Was there a niggle in the game time? Is that kind of part of it, the fact that you did, had a couple of neg- negative results against them last year? Is that kind of what instigated, or was it just the way the game went? No, I think, uh, you know, you've got two really competitive teams, you know, going at it. There's always going to be a little bit of niggle. Um, you know, the, the, these boys that we're playing against, the, you know, the next generation of raw players. So we certainly think it's our responsibility as, as a league and as a club to, you know, to challenge them and, and, and hopefully push them on to greater things, you know, and play our part. So if that means giving a bit of niggle and, you know, so be it. You've had a couple of players in your side who've been a part of that raw mix in terms of youth in and around, potentially in their first team. Have you a bit of extra edge for a few of those guys tonight? Yeah, you know, we spoke about it before the game. Uh, I spoke about them individually, but they're very level-headed young men. Um, they took it as just another game, but you could. I was very happy for them um, because they put in some really solid performances for the team because they're team players, uh, you know, so... No, I'm, I'm happy that they both played exceptionally well. Um, in terms of individuals, Aidan Mumford, second straight clincher, do you start to really make that position his own in terms of growing into that role, filling in, uh, taking over from Luke Boring? Yeah, well, I think, you know, he's, uh, he's got a different skill set uh, and we're certainly pushing him as well. And, and I think you saw tonight uh, what he's capable of. Um, you know, he had plenty of touches on the ball with his feet, uh, looked very, very composed and, and calm back there. And it's an important part of our playing style. So, no, I'm really happy for him as well. Finally, I ask this every time we um, speak to you about your front combination against Andy Pingelli and Alex Seckman, three goals a game. From, like, is, can they get any better in terms of that combination? It seems like they're absolutely cooking on absolutely the, mm. the prime levels at the moment. Um, you know, you're always looking to improve. Uh, but, you know, if it isn't broken, why fix it? <laughs> so, uh, no, they've got a really good understanding. Uh, and we've still got Nico to come back from covid next week um, and he's another important part in that cog as well uh, but certainly as long as they keep in bang- uh, keep banging the goals in then uh, you know I'm not going to tinkle tinkle with things too much yeah and thank you to Dan once again for his time out there on Friday night Adam was understandably quite happy with his side's performance we'll move on to the rest of the action in round seven of the NPL Queensland. We'll start off up at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe, where Peninsula Power picked up a 3-1 win over Gold Coast Knights there. Adam, it was a pretty comfortable win for the Power in the end, wasn't it? It was. It was more of a case as usual with Gold Coast United. It always seems to be an arm wrestle uh, with with them. And uh, they they actually they actually hit the front early Gold Coast uh United, so through through a penalty from Jason McQuarrie, but at the end, uh, they're, they're another side that looks like that they they their early wobbles in the season sort of seems to have been you know more of an anomaly, and they're starting to now you know put the wins wins together again. Ante Poliak is probably the other player I'd I'd be saying is probably in that you know best player in the league sort of role at the moment. He he scored again, so obviously he's he's showing his worth to uh, potential power and they uh and they're starting to put a run together. So so I think it's uh yeah they're, they're really struggles. I think more was about you know this new side coming together. I think they're on in the right direction. 
I'll tell you, I think if it wasn't for Alex Fekner's form, Anthony, Anthony Poliak or Ante Poliak would absolutely be the best player in the league. Well, just quickly as well, there was a two-wall draw out at Kapalabar between Kapalabar and Olympic. A late equaliser from Kato Aochi gave Kapalabar a very valuable point at home in this game. What's the biggest story here for you? Is it Kapalabar picking up a point at home that nobody really saw coming? Or is it Olympic dropping points despite the goals from um, Kiapala and Keegan Yeltsin from the penalty spot? I think they're equally weighted, the stories. I think that, yeah, both Kapalabar, vital, vital point. In a game that, you know, that, that not many people would have been given a chance to get anything out, given the form that Olympic are in. But also, adversely, uh, that's two points dropped for Olympic. And they're the, they're the games you don't want to be dropping points because it means that they now have to go out and beat one of their rivals if they're going to uh, win, win the premiership. So they're still top of league, which uh, will get get on to uh, at the end of the summary. But uh, yeah, like I said, it dropped points and they are the only unbeaten team in the league. Yeah, and that's why for me, it actually is a bigger story that Capalba got the point here. It shows you that the fighting spirit is still there. We've seen other teams overseas, for example, who have completely thrown it in when things haven't gone their way. Capalba were fighting right until the end of this game and they got their awards for Kato Urge. So it certainly is still a lot of belief down there at the Bulldogs that they can get something out of this season, despite what a lot of people think. So for me, it's a bigger story that they managed to come away with a point as opposed to Olympic, who, let's be honest, everyone's going to drop points somewhere over the course of the season, Adam. So I think that it'll be okay for Olympic. They are still unbeaten, as you point out. So it's not the worst thing in the world for them. I think it's a really good point for Kapala. But we'll move on to the, the final game on Saturday, which we also did cover from, from distance, Adam. It was Logan Lightning 4, Morton Bay 3. Goals from Neil Sands, Jack Petubia, Ryan Kavanagh and Jacob Fullock for the home side, Lyndon Farr, Rio Wono and Jeremy Stewart for the visitors. This was a game where Logan burst out of the blocks in, in each half, and the second time around, they were just able to get over the line. Yeah, uh, game of four quarters almost, uh, I think you can probably uh, call this, because uh, their Logan Lightning uh, were very, very strong in the in the first half of, the, of each half, and uh, they, uh, at the end of the day, yes, they did hold on, but... Uh, there's a lot to like about this Logan performance. So they, they they really sort of attacked with purpose. I think I think more the story as well that uh, Morton Bay, we, we've been saying the last couple of weeks that you know their, their results have been unlucky. This one they they were just playing out beaten. They couldn't and they couldn't come back. You know, two two goals two goals down after 11 minutes. Uh, they are like Lyndon Farr's goal was was um, a pretty good one as well. And then got penalty at two or half time. I think that was probably more than what they deserved actually. But then uh, Logan then jumped out of the gates, got four two in front, and then uh, Jeremy Stewart got his first goal in. Um, in Morton Bay colours to make it 4-3. But after that, Morton Bay didn't really look like they were going to that they were gonna get that equaliser. So, look, at the end of the day, I think Morton Bay, I think, on the you know, on the ladder, they're, they're in real trouble at the moment. Uh, they're, so they're, they're going to need to start picking up results soon. It's all, all well and good to say good performances, you know, honourable performances. But, again, this is a results-driven league. And at the moment, they, they are uh, so marvellous. I was going to ask you about that because this this certainly does feel like if not 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 trying to push the panic button for Morton Bay, it's way way too early for that. But this was the sort of game where you would have been looking for a bit of a reaction after a couple of tough results at home to go away to a side and put in a really spirited performance to come away with a result would have been what I imagine Royce Brownlee 
we're looking for. From Logan's perspective, well, this was a really good performance. You know, this is a side that's been building quite nicely in the MPL to truth over the last 18 months of their existence since they got themselves promoted finally into the MPL. So they've been building quite nicely. It looks like they've got a really solid team there, which we said at the beginning of the year, Logan could be the absolute wild card. We didn't know whether they were going to be towards the bottom, somewhere in the middle, maybe challenging unexpectedly for a spot at the top of the table potentially, but we didn't know what they were going to be as a wild card. It looks like they are going to be a really formidable side. A couple of times we've seen them play now, both in person and on the stream. They've looked really competitive, haven't they? Yeah, no, so they, these are important results for them because at the end of the day, they may not be... I Like, you don't go... I, I think Rick Coughlin would disagree with me and say you don't go... Like I said, that you don't concede games to opponents, no matter who it is. But uh, I think, realistically speaking, I think these are the you know the must the must win games, or the games against teams like a Morton Bay, yeah, at East, a Capella Bar, uh, even even a Sunshine Coast and, and Brisbane City. These are the games against that, that will ensure they get their first objective up, and that that is to to you know, at least be safe and be you know, well away from the relegation. After that. Yeah, you know, the sky's the limit because this is a, a team that you know that look look really balanced. They're there and uh, they they perform they perform well. They they got they got the win against Gold Coast United, which is again another team that they that they would think match up very well with. So two two wins, you know, at home they're making Cornubia Park a bit of a fortress and and uh, so they're they're doing they're doing uh, pretty well at the moment. They are, I think, balance is really the key word with them. You mentioned both Brisbane City and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. It was an excellent segue for me once again there. But the four-all draw, as we move on to the games played on Sunday, four-all draw at Corporate Trail Management Stadium between Brisbane City and the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Two goals for Yuta Hirayama, one for Brendan Reason, one for Arthur Antonis in for Brisbane City. And for the Wanderers, Liam Fitzsimmons, Kyron Walters, Chris Janczewski and Riley Campbell on the score sheet for the Wanderers. They led twice... Adam in the second half to Wanderers, and they with ten with a man advantage after Scott Harley was sent off right before half time. They couldn't hold on either time. How big of a concern is that for you? Uh, I think it happens. It, it happens that sometimes that uh, eleven v ten is not always the the great advantage that you know people. You know, people make out uh, in other in other in other teams in the in the sort of lower leagues that ten going down ten men is a recipe for disaster. But uh, it, it's uh, look. I think it's, again, it's a it's a it's a good point for them for them. It's, I think it's a good point as well for Brisbane City. Probably needed the uh, conference after a couple of um, a couple of defeats. So so yeah, I think for all it just it sounds like just an absolute uh, belt of a game as far and uh, yeah, defensively both teams probably got got a bit of work to do. I see checking in on this one over the course of the afternoon. It was certainly an absolute goal fest, plenty of entertainment out there in the northern part of Brisbane there. The final game of the round, Adam was down on the Gold Coast. And it was a 1-0 win for Eastern Suburbs away to the Gold Coast. Nice a penalty from Alex Simmons in the 67th minute. They had another penalty saved off, off Jamie Dimitrov in the first half. So two penalties for Eastern Suburbs. They made one count. And this is a huge result, isn't it? For Eastern Suburbs, firstly, we'll get to Gold Coast in a minute. But for East, this is a massive result on the road for them. Absolutely. As, um, as soon as uh, you're going to um, sort of announce the table on there. And... The East have got three wins now, which I think a lot of people were thinking that they they're probably uh, one of the favourites to go down. They they um they happen to convert and take all three points against Morton Bay, and they're in the top four. So that that's an incredible uh, feat for them, given given that they're a side again that I think that are very very uh, they're very enigmatic that you don't you just don't know what you're going to get 
with them sometimes. It sounds like they got the good uh, East down down at uh, at the Croatian Sports Centre because they not only have they you know pinched the win, they've held they've held uh, the the much uh, feared uh, Gold Coast Knights attack to uh, to a clean sheet. I see. Now I've got to hold my hand up. I was one of those people who thought Eastern Suburbs could be in a bit of trouble this year, but they certainly started the year well and truly away from that. But with Gold Coast. This is now a back-to-back defeat for them. It's a loss at home. We know how strong they were at home in the first couple of years. It was a bit different last year. This is, seems like a bit of a reality check down there, doesn't it, in terms of they made a lot of changes over the off-season, and it just hasn't, maybe it hasn't all been fixed at the moment. It's still a bit of, bit of work to do, perhaps. Yeah, this is um, I think it's a bit of a concern, I think, for Gold Coast Knights. I think we were prepared to say last week's result what, uh, against Peninsula Power. You'd say, look, yeah, at the end of the day, Power are the two-time reigning premiers. They are that for a reason. You could pretty much forgive and say, okay, you know, a 1-0 result at AJ Kelly Park, you could forgive that. This loss is probably, this probably has uh, opened up sort of the concern more than anything. I think I think that, you know, that uh, Skip, Scott McDonald, I think he's got a bit of work to do that uh, thing, things sort of aren't as... Aren't as sort of easy as they were seeming to come very early in the season, especially they get they go up and beat beat Lions in week one. It's a very, very different story now if you take the tails of those two sides. Lions are flying five straight wins. Gold Coast Knights have just dropped two 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 games. So yeah, I think uh it's it's a case of now I think they need to go back to drawing board a little bit and see where where they're sort of at because yeah, no no disrespect to East, but this is a game that, you know, nine out of ten times you expect Knights to win and win comfortably. Absolutely. And Scott McDonald did bring himself on in the second half in this game as well. So who knows what if he's going to be, if this is the first time I've seen him play in the league this year. I don't know if it's going to be a regular thing or if it was just a short on numbers thing. We'll have to wait and see. But I think it's a massive game for them as they play Brisbane Royal Academy on Friday night to start round number eight. We'll have to see what happens in that one. Looking at the table, however, Adam, Olympic, as you mentioned, despite their draw at Capalabar, they still lead the table on 16 points. Lions sit second on 15, Peninsula Power 12, Gold Coast, United, Gold Coast Knights 10, and a very familiar-looking top four there. And you've got Sunset Coast Wanderers on nine, Easts on nine, Gold Coast United 7, Logan 7, Brisbane Raw 7, Brisbane City 4, Capalabar 2, and Morton Bay at the bottom of the table on one. A very familiar look at the top of the table, Adam, but I can't ever remember Morton Bay being at the bottom of the ta- bottom of the round, of, uh, bottom of the table, end of a round. Can you? Uh, it's been a long while. It's been a long while, and uh, the game, the game, the one less game played to pretty much everyone else other than their opponents East is probably make it, make it look a lot worse than it is. But uh, they are at the moment they're pro- they're probably one of, seen as one of the weaker teams in the league. Their their performances have been while they've been good. Uh, they they nearly they as I said before they nearly need to start to get results and they get them soon at least for confidence more than anything else. Absolutely, that game in hand against Eastern Suburbs will be very, very important. If they do happen to win that game, they'll move themselves comfortably back in towards the middle of the table, but we'll have to see what happens in that matchup. We'll move on to round two in NPL Women's, Adam, where the action started on Friday night out at Wakeley Park, where it was a 1-0 win for Lions SC against South United. A goal from Madison Teakle, 10 minutes from time, gave Lions the win. An unusual goal scorer, Adam, but Lions continue on. Uh, good teams find a way. And it looks like that Lions did find a way on the uh, Wakeley Park um, synthetic track. Uh, look, South, South are a good team. I think I think we, we're going to, even though they had a uh, first up loss against East, 
I think that, uh, yeah, they, they would be saying they're 0-2 at the moment. But, uh, again, two unlucky defeats. I think they probably deserve more. But as we as we keep on saying, it is a results-based business. So they need to get on the, get on the horse and you know, win again soon. I don't think there's too much to worry about for South United. A tough loss away at Heath Park in the first game of the year. And then this one here, where they, by all accounts, played really well in the game and just were a bit unfortunate to drop the goal late. So it seems like they're still doing a lot of things right over there at South United. Elsewhere in round two action, it was a one-all draw up on the Sunshine Coast between the Wanderers and Olympic FC. There, Luis Suero's early goal for the visitors cancelled up by a penalty from Chelsea's scarf. Down... Well, it was scheduled to be on the Gold Coast. It was actually played at Capalabar. A one-all draw between Capalabar FC and Gold Coast. You know, Billy Murphy scoring a penalty for the for the home side before a late goal from Eloise Fryer gave Gold Coast United a point. Adam, but in the game which we covered on our socials, just wrapped up QAS 2, Morton Bay United 1. Early goal early goal in the second half from Sam Bambling. Two late goals from the QAS, Aliera Deverne and Sophie Wood. It's fair to say that that result didn't seem likely for a long time in this game. Ah, it didn't seem likely until the 90 minutes, minutes uh, so it ticked over, and then QAS uh, somehow found two goals. Uh, they they won they won a penalty they won a penalty in the uh, in first minute stoppage time, which was put away by Aaliyah Deverne, and then uh, Sophie Wood pops up with the late late goal after a mistake at the back from Morton Bay. And uh, and made no mistake uh, t- tapping in from the six yard box. So um, look, that, that's um, it's a good win. I think uh, it's very hard. To, again, we and we we still put this premise on on young raw as well and the MPL men about about sort of you know sometimes you know the, is the performance more important than the result. I think the QIS girls as well. I think the the result now is actually starting to become. Um, Become a bigger priority as well because that's uh that's two win. This is this is a they had to dig deep to, to get the out of this because Morton Bay were in control of this for a long way in this game and um unfortunate for them that they've they've gone down again. But uh, I think this one would might have been at their own hands. I think possibly so. But I mean, in terms of the positive case of the QAS, we don't get a chance to see them play very often on the stream. But they were really good in this game at times, weren't they? And the young, there's clearly some a lot of really good young players. Inside now, I'm not saying they're going to be as good as the side a couple of years ago, which made it all the way to the grand final against the gap, beating Lions in the semi final, then winning the grand final against the gap. I'm not saying this side's going to be as good, but it looks like there's a couple of players who are very, very talented who may very well go on to professional careers beyond this, the NPL. Well, there's, there's, uh, by my count, three players that uh, were involved with the Raw W uh, A League women's. Team that rule still applies on this on this show as it does in the midweek show. We'll A League right team, and there's also and there's also six players that were, have been called up for the uh, the young Matildas under 17s at Town ID camps, uh, which is uh, led by uh, Coach Ray Dower. So there's obviously talent in this team. Again, playing against grown women, uh, you're always going to you know. Figure out you know, who who's going to sink and who's going to swim. And even though uh, they they beat Capalabar fairly comfortably in, in week one, they've they've come from behind to knock off Morton Bay in week two. We may be seeing the start of a very very talented group here that not only will perform well because they they clearly are. There's clearly a lot of 
talented, skilled players in this team for their age. But I think there's also this winning mentality. I think that I think we just can't write them off or say say that you know they're going to finish finish ninth and be protected by the um, non relegation rule that they're in. I think I think they could be in for a um, a really strong time if they can keep the squad together. Well, you mentioned their start to the year. They do sit currently second on table, trailing only Lions FC. Both those sides are on six points out of six maximum points available for those sides at the moment. Third place is Sunset Coast Wanderers on four. Then you have Eastern Suburbs three. Then you've got Gold Coast United one, Capalabar one, Olympic one, Morton Bay and South yet to get off the mark, although it is very early for both of those sides. I wouldn't read too much into that at this point in time. We'll move on, Adam, now to FQPL one on the men's side. We'll start off with first, and we'll let you go right to the end of the ground, the game which we covered this afternoon. It was Rochdale Rovers 4, Brisbane Strikers 3. Two goals for Marek Madley, one for Ole Dinka Kahinde, and one for Sam Rigard off the bench for the home side. Jordan Freena, Mustafa Jafari, and Josh Anderson on the score sheet for the visitors. This got close at the end of it, but is it fair, fair to say, Adam, that this was a, a points victory by Rochdale? Yeah, absolutely. Rochdale were very, very good for about 80 minutes or so. Uh, they did they did lose their way a little bit and and let uh, and let uh, Bristol Strikers get back in the game and give them some hope. But I think for 80 minutes they they were uh, pretty much the, the dominant team. Four four one up uh, after Sam Rigard scored the fourth goal. And uh, yeah, look, this is a big statement because uh, they 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 sort of they sort of lost their way a little bit, Rochdale, with uh, three three uh, games without a win in the season. They they sort of put it back on track against Thunder last week, going up the range to get that result. And but now to beat to knock off the uh, unbeaten Strikers, uh, that that's a that's a big win for them. I think that's going to be a confidence booster that they are certainly one of the favourites for promotion and potentially you know the FQPL one premiership. Absolutely. We'll go through the other results in a moment. But it, this was obviously a game which I think everyone was looking to as a bit of a guide as who's going to be the team who assumes the favouritism mantle in terms of who's likely to be the first team into that spot. Does this result for you mean that Rochdale assumed that mantle despite where the table's, table has them? See, it's for you, is it still strikers or somebody else who you would say is a favourite to, to finish top of the table and skewer the first of the two promotion places? I certainly think Rochdale may may have uh, eyes on one of those places, uh, those promotion places. As far as the, the the Premiership goes, I feel still think there's a few games that Redlands have sort of snuck up, have snuck up under the radar, and they're they're go, they're travelling pretty well. We obviously don't see much of them, but they've they've quietly you know, gone about their business after after you know, coming down from NPL last season. And uh, and doing a decent job. They've they've collected a good record. Strikers also as well. First loss of the season. They had a they they had a draw last week against Sunshine Coast Fire. So you hope that they don't, they're not going to do a Gold Coast uh, Knights and and sort of uh, lose next week as well and sort of you know start to start to drift a bit off the pace. But uh, yeah, look, I think Rochdale definitely. This is this is a statement result. I'm glad you mentioned um, Redlands because they certainly are going under the radar very nicely. Had a very good win at home as we go look at the rest of the results from this weekend in the FQPL1. It was a 4-0 four, four win. Yes, 4-0 win over Ipswich Knights at home for Redlands United. Two goals for Guy Santana, one for Dylan Brenton, one for Gabby Hawash, and a very convincing home win there. At Memorial Park was a 2-1 win for Magpies Crusaders. A very late goal from Daniel Simic gave them the three points there, cancelling out the earlier goal from Southside Eagles in that one. And the other game played on Saturday night, Adam, 
up in, on the range in Toowoomba. Southwest Queensland Thunder 4, Caboolture FC 2. This was a game which I we all thought could be very interesting, but yet again, the Thunder, they find a way and they find a way late in games at home. It's a real, really nice habit they've got going, isn't it? It is. Uh, that that's a big win because you would have thought two one, that uh, two one with about five to go. That uh, that Caboolture may be able to close it out, but then now uh, the Thunder just just roared over top of them to, to win four two. So the, again, a big win for them because they they were beaten they were beaten by uh, by Rochdale on their own patch you know, seven days prior. So for them to sort of get back into it, they're another team that again that are going to be. In amongst as far as the as the uh, so contenders for for promotion, and we sort of maybe with a few changes, a few players that are left, we thought that perhaps that they may their their chances may have their window may have gone, but but um yeah, results like this, they they're still obviously uh, showing that they're still a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely, in the final game of the round, it was a two-one win at home for Western Pride over Mitchelton and an own goal for the visitors there, cancelled by goals from Daniel. Kovacevic and Adam Sawyer direct from a corner. A fantastic, fantastic strike from the corner to go. And there were also three players sent off in this game. Nick Webb and Jaden Nightingale sent off in the 10th minute, one each side. And Reese Raymond sent off later on for a second bookable offence. So it ended up being 10 against nine in the end, but a good win for the Western Pride there as they move up the table to go and look at the FQPL1 table. It's there. It's their second win of the season, the Western Pride. We'll get to where they are in a minute. But first of all, it is Redlands top of the table this week, Adam. They are now top of the table after the drop points today from the Brisbane Strikers. Redlands, top of the table on goal difference on 13 points, ahead of Brisbane Strikers in second, also on 13. Thunder also on 13, so it's very tight at the top between those three. Rochdale in fourth on 11, and you have Magpies nine, Mitchelton six, Western Pride six, Caboolture six, and you have Sunshine Coast five, four, Southside Eagles four, Ipswich Knights four. So it's very, very tight at the top between those top four sides, and there's still a couple of sides further down who could have a say in who goes up as well. Yeah, and I think also as well, it's important to note FQPL one that with the buy as well, that's gonna that's gonna have yeah a few sort of you know connotations as far as the points at the moment. I, I do believe that all those top four teams at least have all played their maximum amount of games. So at the at at the moment, until they at least go through one one sort of cycle i suppose of fixtures it's going to be hard to line up where they are especially it being bunched at the top and who comes out of buys and and you know and where where they sort of um are situated so it, it's hard to line up but obviously the, the teams that we thought that you know were going to be uh be contenders are also there and about so i think it's it's business as usual Absolutely it is. And speaking of business as usual, in FQPL Tour, as we like to call it around here, the League of Goals, it was certainly that once again this weekend. Albany Creek 5, Coomera FC 3, Wyndham Wolves 3, Grange Thistle 0, Surface Paradise 3, Holland Park 2, Turinga 5, Virginia 2, and there were two games which were postponed due to the weather. Magic United, South United, Sanford North. So those games will be rescheduled for later in the season, Adam, but four games played, but plenty of goals and almost a couple of upsets on Saturday night as well. Both Albany Creek and Surface Paris Apollo having to do a lot of work to make sure they continue their 100% start to the season. Yeah, well, we'll follow this on Saturday night. Uh, 
obviously with all the game with the all score updates and both Albany Creek and Surface Paradise uh, they had to they had to claw back from deficits to to finally overcome especially um especially uh, Surface Paradise we thought that, that Holland Park may have yeah, you know, be able to steal a march of them, but again, I think uh, Surface Paradise had to dig deep, and they they end up getting all three points. Uh, same same to be said about uh, Albany Creek, and I think that pretty much the first clue about who's who is the best team in this league is going to come in a couple of weeks' time when Surface Paradise Apollo take on Albany Creek at the Lex Bell uh, Oval on May the fourteenth. Be very interesting to see what happens in that one. You mentioned what on the events of Saturday night. Albany Creek did go down by two goals to nil and three goals to three goals to two and managed to fight back and win the game. And the the goal scorer, the equaliser, Adam was for the first to the surface. Paris Apollo was one Phil Lazam. I don't think I've ever seen him score a goal before. Have you? It's been a long time for in his in his very very decorated career for uh, Olympic. That might have been a. Uh, oh, geez, to be honest, uh, I didn't think he gets that far forward. <laughs> so, so it was I'm a good strike from the edge of the box. To be fair to him as well, so it was certainly a well taken goal. It's a very rare one though. Yeah, I think him him shooting from the edge of the box wasn't in Ben Khan's game plans back at uh, Olympic. But look. You know, he he's obviously um, think about sort of the later stages of his career at the moment. He's probably joining life playing for uh, Surface Paradise Apollo at the moment. A bit of extra freedom, perhaps. I don't think he ever got anywhere near the edge of the box for the Olympic side, that's for sure. But in terms of the table, both those sides, Surface Paradise Apollo and Albany Creek, they do continue their 100% starts to the season on 18 points each. It is still Surface Paradise leading they, with the superior goal difference. And you have Magic United in third place on nine points. Holland Park on eight, Wynnum Wolves on eight, Stanford seven, North Star seven, Virginia six, Grange Thistle four, Turinga three, South United three, and Coomera two. So, Adam, the table, in this league in particular, there's a lot of catch-up games to be played across a number of different rounds. Some teams have multiple catch-up games to play. So it's a bit of a false route at the moment, but it certainly does appear to be a bit of a two-horse race for those for that promotion and premiership. Yeah, I think when you got two teams uh, six and zero at the moment, uh, yeah, it's going to be very hard for everyone else uh, to really to get into it. Magic, Magic United, I think they're one game in arrears. They'll they take they'll take them within two wins of those top two. So even even that, uh, yeah, you'd say that you'd say that the likelihood of another team at the moment getting getting sort of even close to to those two. Uh, it, it looks very unlikely unless uh, one or both those teams start to, to uh, drop games. Absolutely. We'll have a quick look now at FQPL1 on the women's side. It was a very good weekend for Peninsula Power. The league leaders had a 6-0 win over the gap on Friday night up there at AJ Kelly Park. Elsewhere in the weekend, three goals from Kelly Pufferoy helped Mitchell in a 6-1 win over Southwest Queensland Thunder. It was a nil-all draw between Virginia and Logan. And the two sides challenging power for that top spot Western Pride and Brisbane City played a two-all draw in the game on Sunday. So, as I mentioned, a good weekend for Peninsula Power, who extend their lead at the top. Yeah, and Peninsula Power going well. Um, I'm unbeaten in that league, and they look they looked uh, probably the favourites at the moment to to go up. Also, congratulations to Abby Belford, 100 games uh, for Peninsula Power. That's uh, she's she's a player that has been uh, there at 
at power through good times and bad in senior football. She even got on the score sheet, which is a even even bigger sort of feat. So yeah, no, well done to her. I'm told that she has been with the club uh, since she was about six years old. So that's a lot of years of service to to uh, to one club. And uh, if I guess if there's a definition of a club person, should be it. Absolutely, that certainly would be the definition of a club player. No doubt about that. Twenty years, I think they said Abby has mm. been at. Peninsula Power. We've seen her around the place plenty of times over our many visits up there as well. And she was part of that side, which did beat the gap in the grand final a few years ago as well. So congratulations on that on that 100 miles game milestone and hopefully another 100 games plus to go as well. Peninsula Power, they do sit top of the table on 12 points ahead of Brisbane City on 10, Western Pride 7, Mitchelton 6, Logan 4, Virginia 4, Thunder 3 and gap rounding at the table. Yet to get off the mark, Adam. It's a, It's looking like it could be Brisbane City and Pride trying to play catch-up with with power. Is, there, is that the way you see it in that league, or do you think anybody else could potentially make a run at it? We know Mitchelton score a lot of goals, but it seems like at the moment they're not quite able to find that consistency. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think uh, Brisbane, Brisbane City and uh, Western Pride, the other two, two that are... Two that are you know going to be the challenges to pinch up power. You did mention Mitchelton. Um, they they you're right. I think that they, they they can certainly score plenty of goals. Defensively against better teams may be a worry for them. I think that that might be that might be a, a sort of a, I, the only game I've sort of seen sort of any extended amount of time for Mitchelton is that game against uh, Western Pride a number of weeks ago, where even though they scored three in the first half, they did also slip four. And then this while it was uh, Meg McGilligan, who was scoring all those goals, as well as Abby Lloyd, who both were on the score sheet again on uh, this afternoon. Uh, they, I just think that, yeah, that maybe defensively they are a, a bit weak. I think that might be what costs them as far as, you know, promotion goes and and, cha- and challenging those other pre-named sides. Absolutely. Well, I'll let you continue on now with your performance of the week. What do you have for us this week? Uh, look, I'll, I'll go with the with the obvious. Uh, uh, I think Alex Fechner is my performer of the week. He, like I said, between him and Ante Poliak, they're probably the uh, two best players in NPL Queensland right now. And uh, yeah, look, the goals he scored were pretty uh, pretty darn special on uh, Friday night. It's very hard to disagree with that, but for the sake of difference, I will this week instead of just copying you. This week, I'll go for Mark Madley two goals in a very good team performance for the Roadstar Rovers. And it looks like they are going to be a serious contender to finally return to the top tier of football here in Queensland. As we know, they've been at that level in the past. It looks like they could potentially be on the way. And with more goals off from Marek Madley, they certainly will be. So that's my performance of the week. Adam, that'll do it for the decision of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday show. Thanks for joining me once again. Yeah, no problem. I know you've got to get up very early in the morning uh, for Anzac Day commemorations. And uh, obviously, I know that your family are in the military and obviously a lot of our listeners would be as well. And uh, obviously, Anzac Day, a very important day. And we thank those who have served our military for their service uh, over, over the many, many years. And uh, and like I said, important day. And also as well, big, big game tomorrow at uh, Redcliffe for Brisbane Raw. Absolutely, a very important day on the Australian calendar, no doubt about that. And there is a big game up there at 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 Dolphin Stadium between the Raw and Melbourne Victory for people looking for a bit of football action tomorrow. To head up to head up to that game. The Raw have done a really good job in trying to market this occasion, so hopefully they get a good crowd there for that one. We'll recap that and everything else that's happened in the last seven days relating to the Raw on our show on Wednesday. But for now, we'll talk to you all later.